if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us as we started at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Tuesday, the second morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Thank you so much for being here. They are targeting police officers now specifically. The fifth consecutive night of wanton destruction and unparalleled assaults, violence, vandalism, uh, arson, sixth or fifth consecutive night. It started in its real, truest form on Thursday. It has now continued through last night, and now the target has shifted from property, specifically, to police officers. Mobs around the country, violent, terroristic mobs around the country. That word is an important one. Terrorists are running these mobs. Antifa which is going to be designated by the president as a terrorist organization, which is going to have a significant impact on their ability to get funding and their ability to operate, their ability to flee across state lines, and more. But terrorists are leading these mobs, organizing these mobs, and they are targeting police officers. Four police officers were shot in St. Louis last night. One was shot in Las Vegas last night. A police sergeant was hit by an SUV intentionally in the Bronx in New York City last night. They have decided that the actions of one police officer in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the horrific actions of that officer in killing George Floyd in such a terrible way should lead to the punishment of all officers around the country. They are being assaulted, they are being shot, they are having things thrown at them, they are being beaten down by mobs, and if they dare to fight back, they will be the next ones to be arrested. Or at least that's what the mobs and the leaders behind those mobs want you to believe. And they will make it their mission to try to destroy the life and or career of any police officer that does use force in fighting back against the assaults that they are undertaking right now. I have a lot to get into this morning. There's uh, far more uh, information that I want to share with you than I have time for in this monologue, but I want to start with this one. 
I'm going to ask you to follow me through this very short analogy. Do African Americans in the United States of America suffer from what some people might call profiling? Now, you can answer that for yourself. Some would say yes. Some would say no, to be quite frank. Those who say yes say that, yeah, uh, African Americans driving in maybe neighborhoods where there aren't a lot of black people who live there, uh, they're going to be profiled, they're going to be followed, they're maybe they're going to be stopped, and that's clearly racial biased, racial profiling. Others are going to say no, because the criminal statistics show that African Americans are committing a significant majority of the crime, despite being only 13% of the population. That's not profiling, that's just good policing. Now, no matter what your viewpoint is on that, the fact of the matter is that a lot of African Americans feel like, yes, we are profiled. We are profiled and we are targeted uh, in, in a manner of, you know, for extra scrutiny or stalking, if you will, if you want to go really overly dramatic about it, by police officers because they believe that we commit, we as a, as a race, commit uh, too many crimes. So they, they are targeting us because of that generalization and that stereotype. In other words, what other people of my race have done, they are watching me to make sure that I'm not going to do it. They're cracking down on me. They're perhaps pulling me over to make sure that I'm not going to do something bad like other people of my race have done, right? Can we agree that that's the kind of the, the general definition of racial profiling, right? Should we all agree that that is wrong? It's wrong to assume that somebody of one racial characteristic might be more dangerous than another person because of somebody else or a lot of somebody else's of those same racial characteristics have done bad things. I would say that's bad. I would say that's wrong to do. I would hope that we don't do any racial profiling because of statistics and because of uh, concerns about what other people have done. We shouldn't punish or hold somebody accountable for what somebody else has done, right? Can we all agree on that? So if we can agree that racial profiling and holding one person accountable for the bad actions of a whole bunch of other people, if we all agree that that is wrong, then how can anybody justify police profiling? which is what is happening in these riots. What do I mean? Follow the analogy. I mean anybody in a police uniform in any one of these urban Democrat centers, and that's correct, all of the violence that you are seeing taking place, as my guest yesterday, uh, a, a brilliant author, explained, they're happening in Democrat-run cities, liberal cities. And what is happening is that police officers, anybody wearing the uniform that uh, Derek Chauvin wore in that terrible, terrible incident in Minneapolis resulting in the death of George Floyd, they should be held accountable. In other words, they're just like him, so let's get them. Those are police. A policeman killed George Floyd. Go get him. So if we are anti-profiling, anti-holding other people accountable for the actions of other people because they look like them or because they dress like them, in this case, in a blue uniform, 
then I would think that everybody would be speaking out against the targeting of police officers. But they're not. Spray-painted on vehicles and on buildings in each of these cities of destruction, hundreds of American cities, are the letters FTP, which stand for F the Police. They are calling for the open assault of and attacks on, and yes, last night, the shootings of police officers. What did all of these hard-working, citizen-protecting police officers do wrong? What did they do to deserve this? Nothing except for share the same uniform as Derek Chauvin in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So I hope people can see the ridiculous hypocrisy of it all. The complaint is that the police are profiling minorities, which, by the way, again, is one that is up for very robust debate. But they're being profiled because, again, of crime statistics and you know patterns of crime based on neighborhoods and these sorts of things. If that is deemed to be wrong, and I believe profiling would be, now, police officers following trends and looking at examples uh, of you know crimes and crime um, uh, statistics in various areas, that's fine. That's policing. Following hunches, following trends, that's fine. But if profiling somebody based on the color of their skin is wrong, and it is, then profiling people based on the color of their uniform is also wrong. And that is what is being done across this country in hundreds of American cities. So police officers are being targeted. I have long been a a strong supporter of police officers on this program because of a billion reasons. If you've been listening to me on Cleveland Radio, I've been doing this for 23 years, and I I will tell you once again now that when the shooting starts, when the hostages are taken, when the violent acts are being committed against innocent people, normal people run away. Normal people flee that violent scene as quickly as they can. And as they're fleeing, what are they doing? They're calling 911. And as they flee, the heroes that ride to the rescue are the ones running past them in the other direction, toward the gunfire, toward the danger, toward the violence. And I have a deep respect for that. When criminals and thugs and 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 uh, uh, just just the scum and the dredge of humanity threaten you or your family. You're not calling your local councilman, and you're not calling somebody from a uh, a, a, a social justice organization. You're calling the police department and saying, "Please save me." That carries with it an extraordinary amount of weight to me, and that earns a certain kind of respect. Does that mean that all police officers are 100% heroic? Obviously not. Derek Chauvin is a perfect example of that. But they deserve our respect, and they don't deserve to be assaulted as they try to keep the peace in the cities where people are being uh, assaulted, their, their businesses, their homes, their cars, their property being destroyed. And police officers are the ones trying to protect them. Police officers are the ones trying to keep the peace, not to disturb the peace. And the fact that Derek Chauvin wore a police uniform does not change that.
All right, so much to get into. Why is a local television network here in Cleveland, Ohio, a television statement uh, station here in Cleveland, Ohio, why are they trying to help the people who are destroying our city? That story next on AM 1420, The Answer. with us on AM 1420, The Answer, as we try to make a little bit of sense of what's going on in our country. The fifth consecutive night, the siege on our nation. It is. There is a siege taking place. This is not peaceful protesting. This is not, it really is is nothing to do with George Floyd any longer. And that's a sad thing because George Floyd hasn't even been buried yet. But his name is largely a side piece to the story here. The story is the rioting, the destruction, the wanton uh, destruction of property, and the assaults. The punishment of people for the color of their skin. That's right. People who are walking in the wrong places at the wrong times right now and having the wrong color skin are being assaulted and attacked simply for that reason. They're being forced to their knees and pledging their allegiance to Black Lives Matter. I'm not making that up. If you follow me on Facebook, take a look at my most recent post. It was from this morning. And when I first saw the video, I was just, I was shaking. I felt terrible for the poor, terrified woman in the video. But you'll see it for yourself. There is a white woman who is walking uh, in an urban setting. And she is confronted by somebody holding a camera uh, who identifies himself as being a representative of Black Lives Matter. And that she and her white privilege must get on her knees Uh, essentially to beg for forgiveness for being white and for having privilege and showing that and that would be her only way of showing solidarity with Black Lives Matter. The terrified woman does exactly as she is told. Um, You can see it for yourself and tell me if you don't find yourself shaking with sadness, anger, fury the way I was. It's at France Radio on Facebook, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. It is racial division at its worst. At its worst, excuse me. Um, I want to pivot to uh, what I mentioned before the break. First of all, actually, let me get out of order just a tad bit here. There is, There are credible threats and promises on social media from Antifa organizations, Antifa accounts, okay? Antifa America, at Antifa underscore U.S., Antifa Portland, Antifa Chicago, all these various different... Um, factions of Antifa are using social media to coordinate attacks on American cities and on American civilians. And they say things like this, quote, alert, tonight's the night, comrades. Tonight we say F, except they say the word, F the city, and we move to the residential areas, the white hoods, and we take what's ours. It's punctuated with emojis, including a black fist, including flames, including sirens, hashtag Black Lives Maters, that's right, they can't spell matters, uh, and blank America, with a middle finger. They're threatening to come to the, the, um, the suburbs. They're threatening to come into the white neighborhoods, as you just heard, or as I just read to you. And this takes me to the story I teased before the break. 
I wonder how many of those who are coming into suburban neighborhoods, perhaps near you, are going to be the individuals who were let out of jail on bail, thanks to the efforts of not just celebrities in Hollywood that I told you about yesterday, but local television stations. Yesterday, on WKYC Channel 3, on their website and on their social media, they ran stories. They ran a story, rather, inviting people to donate money to help get those who were arrested during the rioting out of jail. Perhaps so that once they're released, they can come into your neighborhood and target you next. At WKYC.com, they linked uh, to a page called The Bail Project with their headline, Here's Where to Donate in Ohio to Help the, Those Arrested while protesting the death of George Floyd. And, of course, they have the proper NBC uh, phraseology. Here's where to donate in Ohio to help those arrested while protesting the death of George Floyd, as if they were just protesters, not rioters, because peaceful protesters are not being arrested. Rioters, arsonists, those who commit assaults, Window smashers. Those are the people being arrested. Where Here's where to donate in Ohio to help those arrested while protesting the death of George Floyd was the WKYC.com headline, shared on social media with this caption, looking to donate to support the people who are arrested in this weekend's protest in Northeast Ohio? Here's where you can start. This is a local television station, WKYC, 3 News, an organization that I have long known a a bit about in terms of who they are and what they are, but an organization that I kind of partnered with for for a, a number of years. I was a regular guest on one of their morning programs. Whenever they would do three-on-three segments, I would go on there and discuss and debate the hot topics of the day. I was there on election night, and they had me as a panelist discussing the elections, all kinds of things. So I have some relationships with these people, and they've been kind enough to me. So I bring this to you without any malice whatsoever, other than my extraordinary shock and outrage. I didn't know they were this bad. Looking to donate to support the people who were arrested? In this weekend's protest of Northeast Northeast Ohio, here's where you can start. My friends, they didn't start a fundraiser looking to donate to support business owners who probably have already been under lockdown for the last, you know, 90 days, thanks to our governor and the, the walking lab coat. But now that they're open again, now their businesses are destroyed and they're going to be out of business for even longer. Looking to support local businesses who were attacked and assaulted? and destroyed and looted during the riots in Cleveland, here's where you can start. No. No. WKYC says looking to support the people who did it to help bail them out of jail so they can target the next neighborhood or the next business district, here's where you can start. I am beyond disgusted by this. When you talk about the mainstream media, when you talk about, when the president talks about the media being the enemy of the people, 
I don't know that I've seen an example of it more obvious and blatant than this. How does this help the people? The people are getting their, their businesses and their property destroyed, and they want to help get the destroyers out of jail so they can continue to do it. This is beyond irresponsible. And what's more, they know it. I don't know who got to them first. I don't know what backlash made them realize we're in real trouble here. But they deleted it shortly after they posted it. Now, perhaps I should pull back shortly. I don't know how shortly. I don't know how long it was actually up there. I was made aware of it last night. But I found it. And a lot of people other found it on screen capture, screenshotting it. It's there. They did it. And I'm waiting for them to apologize for it. And if you would like to respond and react to it, then dial me now. 216-901-0945. Right back after this. I uh, I was just updating my post actually during the break to remind everybody at uh, WKYC Channel Three, hundreds of businesses were destroyed and looted in Cleveland, and this continues. Those business owners and their families, and their employees, and their employees' families are all going to be suffering now for a very long time before they can rebuild and reopen their businesses, right? What did they do to deserve that? Absolutely nothing. What do they have to do with Derek Chauvin, a police officer in Minneapolis, who did something horrible? Absolutely nothing. But they're going to be suffering for a very long time. Does WKYC Channel 3 in Cleveland inform citizens where they can go to offer financial support for those business owners and those suffering workers who are going to be out of jobs now? No. Instead, they inform you where you can go to bail out the violent thugs who destroyed the businesses. Perhaps so they can get out and victimize the next business district or the neighborhoods. Peaceful protesters were not arrested. Criminals committing acts of violence and vandalism, setting fires, smashing windows, stealing property, assaulting people. Those were the punks who were arrested. And those are the individuals Channel 3 WKYC chose for at least a period of time on their webpage chose to support financially. Let me say one other thing before I go to phone calls. Peaceful protesters were not being arrested, as I mentioned a moment ago. Not in Cleveland, not in New York, not in Los Angeles, not in Minneapolis, not in Chicago, not in any of the places, hundreds of cities that are destroying themselves. Peaceful protesters were not. There were, however, peaceful protesters there. And I just want to ask you, if, if I'm the only one who sees the irony in this, if I'm the only one who sees the irony in the way that the mainstream media and those on the left end of the political spectrum, the ideological spectrum, treated 
President Trump when he talked about the Charlottesville riots over the statues and monuments in Charlottesville. You remember that, right? Well, of course you do. Because even though President Trump very clearly on tape and as has been recorded in transcripts specifically condemned neo-Nazi and hate groups while praising those who were there to protest peacefully on whatever they believed, calling them very fine people. The lie has been repeated for years. The most recent time was yesterday by President Trump's opponent in the presidential election. Joe Biden repeated the lie yesterday. They all know those people coming out of the woods and the fields in Charlottesville carrying torches and Nazi flags and Confederate flags their veins bulging with hatred, going after Jews first and then blacks. And when that young woman was killed, spoke to her mom, what happened? President's master comedy said there were fine people on both sides. No president's ever said that. So the lie continues to be perpetuated that Donald Trump called the neo-Nazis and the white supremacists uh, at, that, uh, at that confrontation very fine people. I find the irony just to be extraordinary here. When we talk about the rioters in Minneapolis, in Cleveland, in Columbus, and all around this country right now, we are quickly scolded by the left. And the media saying, no, there were peaceful protesters there, too. And you know what? They're right. There were peaceful protesters there just marching and chanting and carrying signs on behalf of George Floyd and his family. And you know what those were? Very fine people. And their actions, peaceful in nature, were overrun by the violent actions of the thugs and the criminals and the assaulters and the vandals and the arsonists who came out there with them. There were very fine, peaceful protesters in all of these events. Just like there were very fine, peaceful demonstrators in Charlottesville. But Joe Biden doesn't want you to think that. The media doesn't want you to think that. It's hilarious to me, almost, that they have spent the last three-plus years talking about Donald Trump praising neo-Nazis as very fine people. Well, if that's going to be your narrative, then every person who was on the streets here is a criminal and a thug and an arsonist and a looter, right? Of course not. There were peaceful people there in Charlotte who were just, or Charlottesville, who were just expressing their views on whether or not the statues should be taken down. There was an Antifa-led group that also was very violent that wanted the statues and the monuments taken down. Very violent. But you know what they had with them? Very fine people who weren't violent and who weren't part of Antifa, but they were there just to express they think the statues should go. You understand this? There were peaceful protesters there whose actions were drowned out by the violence committed by the neo-Nazis and the Antifa folks. Just like there are peaceful protesters in Cleveland. Just like there are peaceful protesters in all of these cities. Their actions being drowned out by the violent actions of all of the rest. 
So I find that just to be a little bit hypocritical and, and quite frankly, a whole lot ironic. Now, having said all of that, uh, I would like to recommend one thing, and I can't recall which police uh, officer or sheriff or whomever it was that I saw this morning as I watched just hours and hours and hours of coverage of this over the course of the last few days. But one law enforcement officer gave a very impassioned speech, I think into a bullhorn, um, in which he was basically screaming for all of the very fine people, not his words, I'm making that comparison again, but the um, uh, the peaceful protesters, he said, stay home. Peaceful protesters don't belong out here in these violent areas. He said, if you will all please stay home and only leave the violent people, the Antifa-led uh, 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 mobsters, the Black Lives Matter-led mobsters, and when I say mobster, you understand the meaning of it. They're part of mobs that are going around and attacking and, and, and destroying, etc. He said, if you just leave them out here, we can clean them out then. Then we'll get them. Then we can, along with the help of the National Guard and whatever other resources are available to us, then we can get rid of them. But they can't do anything that could put peaceful protesters in harm's way while they're there. And that's such a very important piece of advice. So if there's anything that I can say to bring about anything positive here at all, as we go into perhaps another night of this tonight... If you are a strong supporter of George Floyd and of racial harmony and, 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 you're, and you're just angry about what happened to him, stay home. Stay home. Let the violent people have the streets so that our violent, if necessary, and of course I'm talking about responsible law enforcement violence, whatever use of force must be uh, undertaken to put down the insurrection to put down the violence without harming innocent people there just to show support for George Floyd and his family. Stay home. Let the authorities take care of this in whatever manner they have to take care of this. I will put the United States police, I will put the U.S. military, I will put our National Guard, our soldiers and guardsmen up against the Antifa thugs and the BLM thugs any and every day of the week. Let them do their jobs. I am mobilizing all available federal resources, civilian and military, to stop the rioting and looting, to end the destruction and arson, and to protect the rights of law-abiding Americans, including your Second Amendment rights. Therefore, Ken in LaGrange is on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Ken. Go ahead, sir. Good morning, Bob. Uh, Good morning. I'm almost 74 years old. I've witnessed just about every major period of unrest in this country. After each and every time, it seems we've been able to sit down and at least talk to each other and try to figure out what went wrong. This time is extremely different. And everybody always says we need to look into the past to understand our history, and yet at this time we're not going to do it because, in my opinion, our history goes right back into the lap of Barack Hussein Obama. For eight years, this country has never been more divided than under his reign of terror. He tried to des- destroy the police with the consent decrees. He just tried to destroy the military by taking their uh, funding down over $100 billion a year. He didn't give one damn 
uh, a bit of concern to the black community or the white community. It seems, without uh, without having any verification right at the moment, uh, it seemed like he was more concerned with the Muslim community than anything else. So it's going to take people of mighty high level of integrity, black and white, to sit down and discuss those eight years, because this is where all this comes from. My opinion, my two cents. Uh, I despise the man with a passion for what he did to this country. He's got his now. He doesn't care what happens to the black community. And I'll take that one step farther. The leaders in the black community don't care about the black community. You're talking about the Al Sharptons and the Jesse Jacksons and the Maxine Waters and the Frederica Wilson. They've all got their slice of the pie. They don't care about the schools in the black community. They don't care about the, the neighborhoods. I can take you into South Lorraine right now and show you some of the most poor neighborhoods you've ever seen in your life. And and, and some someplace, sometime, we have to have people of, of, like I said, a high level of integrity to sit down and talk about this. If we don't, this is just going to go on forever. Thanks, Bob. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate the phone call. Um... I've got a lot of responses to that, but I, I do want to get more callers in too. Um, first of all, I, I you know certainly race and racial division in this country predates Barack Obama. I mean, we can go back to Jim Crow, we can go back to the Civil Rights era, we can go back to the passage of the Civil Rights Act. Uh, but were things set backwards for eight years? Yes, they were. He was indeed the most racially divisive president that I have ever seen, and certainly in my lifetime. And even going back historically, there would be few others who. Um, uh, who would measure up to that? But yes, it does predate him. But he set he set race relations back in a very very big way. There's no question. He was supposed to be a uniter because he's the first black president, and instead he used that opportunity to divide Americans more than anything I've ever seen. And it has set the stage, obviously, for President Trump coming in and immediately being called a racist because he's not Barack Obama. Uh, so, but but the other part of that, I want to get more calls in here too. I, let me just say this about the quote-unquote conversation. We have had conversations. We continue to have racial conversations in this country. And the bottom line is, there is no quote-unquote conversation among leaders that is going to stop people from, from being bigoted. And I mind you, I said people, not white people. People, period. They're, they're, look, I got an email. I got. Any, I don't usually read emails on the radio anymore. That's so 1990s radio. But nevertheless, I got this email from uh, United, who who's, has been a caller in the past, but he's just an emailer now, and he's a very good man. He's a black man who uh, you know has very very unique insights into American history and American sociology and American race. And he was commenting on my show yesterday in which I declared that our country is not systemically racist. We are not uh, racist at all as a nation. That's why people of color all over the world uh, will, will risk their lives to get here because they know that people of color have a better chance of succeeding here in the United States and living the dream than they do anywhere else. So the narrative of the U.S. being some sort of wanton racist uh, hellhole is just garbage. And I made that point yesterday. And United responded with, with, with this email. He said, "You may. I'm going somewhere with this. Bear with me. You made a very good try, but your broadcast only got half of it right. Primarily, he said, the U.S. government wasn't founded on bigotry, but numerous acts of bigotry cannot be stopped by the government. That's key. Acts of bigotry by individuals cannot be stopped by government, he said. When you are the subject of bigotry due to your color, it feels like systemic bigotry and has the effect on your life like it was coming from the top. 
So maybe we should define more succinctly what we mean by calling out different types of bigotry. How about from the, from the top bigotry, which never has existed in America, and man-on-the-street bigotry, which we have plenty of. Main point is that we have plenty of man-on-man bigotry. Thank you for your service. Sincerely united. He's not wrong at all. And my response to him, I also don't feel was wrong, and I'm going to share with you, and then we'll go to the break. My response to him was, man-on-man bigotry has, exi- has existed since the dawn of time, since the beginning of man. Nations and governments cannot control the views or the biases or the bigotry of individual people, at least not without revoking a nation's freedom. So the rioters, along with the race hustlers and the profiteers, want to force a national response, which cannot happen, to an individual attitude, demanding in some way that all persons be perfect and free of bigotry. That cannot happen. That will never happen. And they know it, which is why they try to use it for personal gain. There is nothing that President Trump can accomplish, or President Obama, or President Bush, or President Clinton, or any other president can can accomplish sitting down in a big conference room with black leaders and Hispanic leaders and white leaders and this leader. There's nothing they can do that's going to change the internal attitude of people Because human beings have free will, they have different experiences, they grow up in different places in the country, in different parts of the world, they grow up with different attitudes, they grow up in their own universes in some cases. And there is no meeting of governments, no conversation that is going to change the internal and intrinsic ideals and ideas of individual people, not without revoking their freedom. And I think that's a little bit of what Ken was trying to say as well. 9.53, back after this. Let's get a couple more phone calls in. Try to be as brief as you can so I can get more people in before the top of the hour. Wally in Brooklyn Heights. You're on the air, Wally. Go right ahead. Hi. Good morning, Bob. Hey, listen, I was just thinking, um, what would Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, and George Floyd think if they saw what was happening right now? You know, um, the radical protesters, they think there is not going to be any judgment. But in Galatians chapter 6 in the Bible, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And, um, well, you know, I, to answer but, your question, Wally, about what some of those uh, uh, black leaders and black pioneers and civil rights advocates uh, would, would say about this, they would be disgusted. They, you know, they, these were people who did not believe in violence. They believed in peaceful uh, um, uh, protesting. They believed, and thank you for the call, by the way, uh, Wally, they believe in, they believe in nonviolent uh, um you know, resistance against unfairness and injustice, and that is exactly the opposite of what's going on right now. And that's why I was really glad to hear George Floyd's brother yesterday screaming at the the violent uh, individuals uh, to stop the madness because that's not what it's not going to bring his brother back, and it's not what he would want. Uh, peaceful resistance or peaceful protest, which of course this country has always been founded upon. Mike in Medina is next. Uh, Mike, go right ahead. Hello, Mike. Are you there? Good morning, Bob. Okay, yes, I got you. Go yes. ahead, Mike. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Over the weekend, uh, Dick Hunter had an article, uh, Liberalism Kills Communities, and it was about Tony Timpa, 
uh, T-I-M-P-A in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, Del- yeah, yeah. I've very, talked about very, him, right? very similar circumstances. Did you see it? You've talked I about did, it. Yeah. Okay. Knee, knee in the back okay, for um, about 14 no that's okay it's okay knee in the back for about 14 minutes and uh they didn't even realize that he had uh he became, had become non-responsive they were joking as they put him onto the gurney saying dude you okay you all right they, they yeah, you know, it, yeah. They, they killed him yeah. essentially and he was a white guy they did i know and so i mean i i just hate to see this be a racism thing it's not we might have a problem with certain individual police but i'm i'm sure that it's not a majority but, I mean, that, that's the issue. It was just that this racism is such big business and big money to a lot of people. It's, Bingo. it's power. And, and it's pa- power and profit. So pa- race, racism yeah. in America is a, is a for-profit entrepreneurial experience. It really is. And there are a lot of people who know it. Mike, thanks for the phone call. There's a lot of people who know it and, and, and even more, uh, or excuse me, there are a lot more who know it that are willing to say it, rather. One more quick call before the uh, top of the hour. Uh, David and LaGrange. David, go ahead. Yes, Bob. I'm an American of Italian descent, but um, I have a label on me because I vote Republican. Many consider me a racist just because I vote Republican. People don't know me. They don't know who my friends are. I served 20 years in the Army, served with many many people of ra- uh, different races. And when the enemy was shooting at us, they weren't singling out a single race. They were killing Americans. You're 100% right, David. Thank you for the phone call. And you know what you just described? It's prejudice. Prejudice uh, gets its uh, gets its meaning from prejudging. Prejudice is prejudging somebody based on their membership in a particular group. And in your case, it's the Republican Party. The, the, the trash of it all, as I try to keep the language clean, the trash of it all, of course, is that it is the Republican Party that fought to end racism, including slavery, including Jim Crow, including bringing about the Civil Rights Act, etc. It is the Republican Party that has actually defended all races against the wanton racism of the KKK-sponsoring Democrat Party. Peter Kirsten, 